Hello everyone and welcome to another beautiful episode of the Wellbeing for Mothers show. You know, this is where we talk about all things motherhood, the good, the bad, the ugly, the things that make us cry, the things that make us laugh, but most importantly, sharing things about improving our well-being of mind, body, soul and spirit. And today is no exception. Today we have a very special guest. She is Dr. Amanda Chisholm. She is a GP. Apart from that, she's also a wife, a mother to two young daughters. She's a Christian and an entrepreneur. In combination to being a GP, she's also a board-certified lifestyle medicine physician with a passion for health education and addressing the health disparities that occur in the different groups across the world. So she employs practical ways to help people improve their knowledge of taking care of themselves and that she incorporates into her care of patients and she would like to share her love for this knowledge of well-being with the audience so i'm so thrilled to have you with us welcome so much and welcome dr chisholm hello hi dr jenny and feel free to call me dr amanda or just call me amanda actually (laughs) but thank you so much for having me it's so interesting hearing my introduction um it sounds much more impressive than it is (laughs) Oh, but you are impressive, I have to say. I think I have to start by saying I met Dr. Amanda on the Lifestyle Medicine Conference. Yes. And we just bonded over a dance, didn't we? Yes. We <laughs> did. It was such a good conference. And um, yes, I was a videographer. I didn't, but I saw you guys practicing. I made sure to capture everything and Guys, you should have seen them on stage. They were bringing it home for the melanin at the conference. It was brilliant. (laughs) Oh, that's so, so good. But yeah, it's just beautiful to hear um, a bit about what you do and um, Mm -hmm. how you started your journey into thinking more about lifestyle and addressing disparities. I'm quite curious. How did all this start? (laughs) Um. It's been a bit of a journey. I have, um, I went into medicine because I wanted to help people. It was as simple as that. There were a lot of people who were in my family. There were a lot of nurses. We came from the Caribbean in the 1950s here to help with the NHS. And so that caring kind of attitude was always through, throughout with me. As a young child, I said I wanted to be a trauma doctor and it, my parents kind of hung on to that and helped to kind of guide me towards it. And I went into medicine expecting to really enjoy the kind of um what you see on TV, you know, all the emergencies and the crash course and the glitz and glamour and everything. And although I enjoyed hospital medicine um, and I was good at it, I found that I wasn't feeling quite fulfilled. And I kept seeing patients come in and just thinking, oh, you know, I wish I knew more of their story um, or seeing, you know, different ways that they actually need help. Yes, they needed some help. Maybe they've had a heart attack or they got an infection, but I felt like there was more to the story there. And so I wanted to do more about prevention treatment and more continuity um, and more like continued family care. And that's why I went into general practice and GP. But again, I found that although I thought GP was going to be the answer, it still wasn't. And I felt like instead of doing proactive medicine and preventative medicine, I was doing reactive medicine. And so I was kind of just reacting to all the fires that were coming at me. And I felt like I wasn't giving good solutions to my patients. Um, you know, people that are coming struggling to lose weight or feeling low or with stress and, you know, feeling really tired. And I would just give them little things like, oh, let's check your bloods or your B12's low or something like that. But I felt like I wasn't getting to the root cause. 
And then, as a lot of us will, will have experienced, I became a mother. And in that process, I had my first ever episode of my own health concerns. Um, I had a difficult pregnancy. I started struggling with like mental health difficulties. And then I had my daughter at the end of 2019, December 28, 2019. And if we all know what happened in January, we found out about a virus, COVID-19. And um, so I was then on maternity leave during the pandemic during Black Lives Matter, seeing a lot of like the health disparities, seeing so much. And I just kept thinking, I feel like the answer to this is health education, health education. And um, growing up, I grew up in, in a Christian home, a Seventh-day Adventist Christian home. We have something called a health message where we talk about, you know, having plant-based diets and moving your body and the importance of emotional well-being. And I found that the way that I was doing medicine wasn't really in tune with what I'd learned growing up. And so this whole pivotal thing of my own health problems, um, the pandemic, remembering what I learned as a child, I then started saying, what else is there? And that's how I went into lifestyle medicine. I got on social media and it's kind of just snowboarded from there, really. Um, and again, with my second child, motherhood. <laughs> motherhood is so unpredictable. And I found that the way that I was doing life before and managing, it couldn't work as a mother. Um, and so I had to just have an overhaul of my own health, health my own priorities and in that I share my story online with people and also give health tips as well and I just found so many people were benefiting from it um and that's kind of my story of how I got here in a nutshell <laughs> oh wow that, that's such a beautiful story and to, to actually start with your desire from childhood and actually mm-hmm. pivoting evolving and saying oh well this is not quite where I thought it was going to be and then taking another step this is not quite where I wanted to be and it's just beautiful being seeing that evolution and I think to a large extent I agree that there are many times that we feel as doctors we could be more reactive as opposed to proactive mm-hmm. and I think with regards to the lifestyle choices mm-hmm. that we have available to us it's just phenomenal what it can do yes Exactly. And it feels like now, now that I've gone into this understanding what our lifestyle, our habits can do and really deep diving into it and researching for myself. Now, when I still do those appointments, I still got the same 10 minutes to see my patients, but I find that now I'm able to give them something like a more holistic care, more of an overview. And I'm able to actually, um, like I had a woman today who was always tired and wanted to lose weight. And she thought it was because her folate levels were low. And I was able to say, okay, you have low folate, but actually there's so much more to it. You're not sleeping well. What's happening with your stress? You're hardly moving. You're eating so much processed food. And to kind of take things back and have a look at it from a new perspective and the thing is when people come to their doctors they're coming for more than just um they might come with an agenda of what they're looking for but us as, our, as their doctors we can actually help to open their eyes to a bigger picture of their health and I feel like now that's what I'm able to do and um, look at people more holistically and give them tools that they don't need a prescription for that they can implement themselves and so it's much more fulfilling and um, I still do a lot of prescriptions you know I'm in GP there's colds <laughs> and infections and everything a high blood pressure but also I'm able to empower patients empower people to take control of their life as well so it's really nice yes and actually thinking back in those like old days there was that thing of doctor i'm not feeling well what should i take and Mm -hmm. then the doctor writes a prescription and hands it over but now 
We are wanting, and I love the fact that we're part of this evolution of doctors who are wanting to say, you, a patient, needs to take control and kind of take control of your own life and your own Mm -hmm. choices so that it's not, oh, do as I say. It's more, Mm -hmm. what can I do to improve my own health, my own well-being, and just empower patients, really. And you mentioned a very key point, health education. So Mm -hmm. I just want to find a little bit more information about that because I'm sure there's some mothers that are listening and saying, yes, I wish you were there when (laughs) I was getting uh, my children. But are there particular things that maybe new mothers who are listening to this show Mm -hmm. might want to learn about to help them with their emotional well-being, especially Mm -hmm. with the difference between their non-mother life and the now that they're mothers like whole culture shock (laughs) i think oh my goodness the journey of motherhood is there's so much to it that is so unexpected and you can do your absolute best prepare for it but honestly everyone's journey is different but what i've learned through my own journey and seeing my patients because i have a lot of patients who are mothers of course and also a lot of people that follow me online as well that are mothers and The struggles are often similar there because when you become a mother beforehand, you are able to, even if you're caring for other people, even if you're somebody that's, you know, got a lot of responsibilities and things when you it's different when you have a child in your home that relies on you for everything. And so it's very easy to lose yourself and to lose your identity and to stop doing the things that are self-care to actually make sure that you're ticking along when it comes to emotional well-being. Um, Something that I found difficult and I struggled with my emotional well-being as I became a mother because I found that the way that I used to do things was that I would work, 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 work. And then I'd say, I'm having a break now or I'm going to get an early night tonight and then I'll recharge my battery or go to the gym early in the morning. But then when you have little children, sometimes those plans don't work out. And so I kept delaying this kind of gratification. Um, so yeah, I kept delaying my, um, my my you know refueling experiences and that worked well when I didn't have kids because I could delay it for a week and know that it's going to happen but when you have children you've got to find something every single day every day you've got to do something that puts into your tank also um I think there's a big thing about capacity as well um I think as mothers we try and take on so much a lot often we try to live the life that we had before and we've changed quite a lot after what we were doing before we may not be able to do it in the same way and accepting that took a little bit of time for me um but also we don't think about our capacity there's a lot of mental load that comes with being a mother whether it's thinking about they're growing out of their clothes have they got enough activities what's happening with play dates what's happening with their education and um, you know managing the household like just there's so much, there's so much uh, mental load that goes along with it that we sometimes don't acknowledge that as part of taking up some of our capacity. And because we don't adjust for those spaces and all the mental load that comes there, we can often start to get overwhelmed. Um, and I have like this analogy of a bottle, basically, and like a bottle is everything that we've got going on in our, is our life, how much, and that's our capacity. Everyone's bottle shape and size is different, but the more things we fill it with, these might be good things. We call it like the water into the bottle, our responsibilities, our children, our relationships, um, our hobbies, all things we want to do. If we fill up that bottle as a baseline, then when we have something unexpected happen, a child gets sick, they've got 
a fever and you don't get sleep or there's some financial strain or something's happened at work, your bottle overflows immediately, doesn't it? Yeah. And so that's when you can start like struggling with our emotional well-being. But if we try and actually practice having our bottle not so full all the time and allowing space as our baseline, when those unexpected things come in, because they always will, the stresses, it helps us to not overflow every time. Mm-hmm. And in addition to not filling up your time so much and allowing those spaces, also adding things in that help with your emotional well-being, like holes into your bottle so that you can decompress, whether that's social relationships, new mother please don't give up your friends make sure you see your friends make sure you see your family take the kids along if you need to but social relationships eating well moving your body all things that we can neglect as mothers and that's my advice to new moms really think about your capacity don't overfill your plate and take it and acknowledge the mental load that comes along with it and yeah put in the diary man put in the diary some things to just decompress because kids are a blessing but they're a lot of work (laughs) I agree. I couldn't agree more. Yes, they are blessings, but lots of work. And I mean, as you were sharing about putting the activities that refuel you in -hmm. your diary, I was just wondering, what are some of your choice activities that you put Mm -hmm. in your diary? Yeah. So in terms of things that refuel me and really help with, um, with me, I'm, I'm a very busy person. I have a tendency to overschedule myself. And so one thing is I really try my best to have a diary and put, and actually put time in myself for myself into the diary. Cause if I don't, it won't happen and I will fill it with some other things, but, um, things that I've done. So I really enjoy reading and I hadn't been reading for so long. Um, I can't tell you the last time that I really picked up a book and like read it from cover to cover. That wasn't something for work or something like that. And um, I started a book club. And so now every month I'm reading again and I'm then meeting up with women um, and t- discussing the book. And that's really quite refuels me. Um, other things that I do as well, I do. It's important for me to move my body. Um, and so. I'm still struggling at the moment to get the routine in to be able to go to all the classes that I used to go to, but getting into the gym and also going out outside into the fresh air, rain, shine, whatever it is, and walking. Oh my goodness. Just walking on, um, just this week. It was a really miserable rainy day. Um, I dropped the girls, my daughters off at nursery and I just drove to a lake that was like about a five minute drive away and I just walked all the way around it and Oh, that was exactly what I needed. Um, so things like that, reading, meeting with friends. And then also um, there's other activities that come under work, but actually do refuel me. And so like having these conversations, I love coming on and talking on here. This is why I do social media, not just to help others, but also because it helps me as well. It really does refill me talking to people. So having these conversations, I do my own podcast as well. And so those really having interesting conversations, I, I love listening to other people's podcasts and audio books. And so those are kind of the things that I do to unwind. Um, I also like adult, adult coloring books. That's my jam as well. I do enjoy those. But yeah, those are a few of the things. And cooking, I love to cook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That is so good. That, those are yeah. some amazing activities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, when you become a mother and someone says, oh, what, what kind of activities can you put in? You just go blank. You're like, 
I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even have the time. So the fact that you've listed these beautiful activities, mm-hmm. they're so refreshing, so rejuvenating. So please, mothers, as you're listening to this, even mm-hmm. if you're walking the dog, you're taking the kids to school, you're driving, come back and listen to this again. Take notes and kind mm-hmm. of schedule some of these activities in your diary. It's something that's going to be very good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I totally share the fact that there's sometimes that um, we just keep going and yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. And when we go and do, that's where we get to burnout. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not a place to be, really. It's not. And emotionally, it is draining. Mm-hmm. One of the emotions that many mothers in my community are very, very um, concerned and particularly worried about that they experience every now and again is guilt. Mm-hmm. especially when they decide to take time for themselves. Mm-hmm. So just wondering, are there particular things that you could share with mothers that would help them with managing that particular concern about guilt? Yeah. So um, it's so interesting what you said about burnout because exactly what you were saying, I was that person that said, where is the time? And when I was pregnant, just as I got pregnant with my second child, I completely burnt out. I had a complete burnout breakdown. And because of that, that's why I've learned to incorporate these things. And that's why it's so important that I share it as well, because I know what it's like when you get to burnout. It's not a pleasant place at all. And so, um, yeah, so what you said about what was the question again i'm so sorry so yeah how would you oh guilt guilt oh my goodness so i am a chronic sufferer of guilt mom guilt and me i remember once i went to therapy i said that my predominant emotion that i feel is guilt and i don't have a great solution for not feeling guilt i think sometimes we feel guilt because we are um have a great relationship with our children and we have high expectations of ourselves. But what I've learned for myself is this phrase, feel the guilt and do it anyway. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you to say, get rid of the guilt. I think as time goes on, I have guilt for other things now. So things I used to have guilt for when my kids were babies, they're different now um, to compared to what I have guilt for now. Um, mm. And it will evolve. I'm sure when I get into like the teenage years, the guilt will change. When I've got adult kids, maybe the guilt will change again. I know mm. that even my own mom, she feels guilty about certain things in motherhood. Mm. But my whole thing is feel the guilt acknowledge it and do it any way schedule those things in and that's the thing when you make it a a, something that's blocked off in your diary like you're doing this and when you have accountability and you've told your partner you've arranged a babysitter you've done whatever get out of the house and do it because you'll find that you're a better mother for it when you Mm. fuel yourself up and Mm. so yeah schedule it in make it a non-negotiable to yourself have boundaries with yourself (laughs) and Mm -hmm. say that we're going to do this and get out there and do that and a lot of the time I think I feel guilt with the initial the thought of doing it or initially going once you're there and you're enjoying yourself and you're feeling the difference and then you know what it's like when you go back to the kids you're going to keep doing it so feel the guilt and do it anyway Oh wow, I love that. Feel the guilt and do it anyway. You might have a better solution. I don't know, Dr. Dunny, if you've got something else that you do, um, to not feel guilt, but I haven't figured out how to get rid of it, but I've figured out how to just acknowledge it and do what I'm doing anyway. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love what you shared about feel the guilt and do it anyway. One of my coaches mentioned something, said feel, but that was not with guilt, it was fear. Mm -hmm. 
feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody tries to say when you have these emotions, especially the ones that we are not particularly very keen on, things like sadness, fear, anger, guilt, you know, all those emotions that we perhaps would rather not have. Mm-hmm. We tend to kind of label them as negative emotions, but sometimes they are quite enabling in a way. Yeah. So, yes, there is guilt. Yes, there is fear. But when you're trying mm-hmm. to run away from it, it, you try. it's almost a way as it's almost as though you're trying to magnify it. Mm-hmm. So when you lean into it, like, you know, kind of leaning into the guilt or leaning into the fear and say, hey, fear, I see you. What mm-hmm. are you doing there? Okay, yeah. we'll not do this anyway. Hey, guilt, I see you. So I really, really love what you shared about that. So that's mm-hmm. really, really good. And, and that's yeah. the thing. A lot of the time when we have these quote unquote negative emotions, it's happening for positive reasons. It's like when you're grieving for somebody, no one likes the feeling of grief. But the reason why you're grieving is because you love somebody and you miss them. You had a great relationship. Nobody likes feeling guilty about things. But the reason that you're feeling guilty is because you have a relationship with your children and you and you cherish you know, the bond and the time that you have together and you don't want to spoil that. The reason that you have fear is because maybe you're trying something that's new and challenging. Mm-hmm. So those emotions, they're not always negative. Sometimes they're the hallmark of you doing positive things. And so, yeah, acknowledge it, see where it's coming from and then talk to people about it. If there's something that's really bothering you, talk to people. And my biggest thing is talk to people who've gone before you. I think sometimes we can really get stuck into speaking with people from our generation or who is currently going through it. But I have eight sister-in-laws who are like, who have children up to the age of 29. Um, I have my own mother. I have my grandma that's still around. And I speak to them about motherhood because, listen, I tell you, talk to a, talk to a woman in their 80s and they'll put motherhood into perspective for you. <laughs> and so talk to me about the things that you feel guilty about and you'll find that everybody does. And, yeah, feel the guilt and go ahead. Oh, wow. I love that. I mean, there's so many things that you've shared, really. One of the things that really stood out for me is reminds me of a book I read as a child, actually, somewhere in our family home. It was titled, I think, What Our Grandmothers Knew. And mm. it just there were just so many stories there. And I just wondered, I'm like, there's so much wisdom that the women ahead of us oh. really have. They've been mm-hmm. there, done that, got the plaque. And they're still doing the stuff, you know, it's just amazing. So tapping into that knowledge and beautiful things you can hear when you listen to podcasts mm-hmm. or audiobooks. And it's just so beautiful to be able to share that. And yeah. just wondering as well, because I know that, of course, we could talk forever and ever yeah. about <laughs> health, well-being and emotional wellness. When perhaps, of course, we have the stress of the day, You've got work, you've maybe you've got your business, you've got your children, and you've mm-hmm. got everything else going. And you're on that like rainy, dark, cold, dreadful day, and you're having yeah. a stressful time at work. Are there mm-hmm. particular things that you do or you suggest that people can do in those mm-hmm. moments? Because it's really a very tra- tricky time then to really do anything because you're like, in that panic mode sometimes. Mm-hmm. So is there particular things that you could suggest for our audience that they would do to help? Yeah. So um something that I started using more and more recently is my breath, my breath mm-hmm. work. So I think a lot of the time when we're having periods of time like that, 
and we're starting to feel really stressed. We've had a terrible day. We're thinking about everything that's just happened and all the things we've got to do. And we're not really, and we're just worrying about things and we're just overwhelmed. Mm. I think we feel like there isn't time sometimes to take a moment, but there is, there's time to take one minute, two minutes, three minutes, whatever it is. And so are learning how to get a hold of your breath, because when you're in a day like that, often you've switched on your stress response. Mm. And so we've got um, we've got something called our autonomic nervous system, which basically controls all the automatic things in our body, like how quickly our heart beats and what hormones are being produced. Things that we can't control just like, you know, from willpower is what our body will do. And there's two arms of that. There's the fight and flight response and there's the rest and digest. And when you take an inhale, it increases that stress response and it pushes you into that fight or flight. And whereas when you take an exhale, it pushes you into that rest and digest and helps to reduce this stress response. And so something simple that you can do is taking a longer exhale than an inhale. So maybe breathing in for four and breathing out for eight and doing that a few times over. Um, I've also really started looking into um, meditation and mindfulness and um, sometimes grounding yourself and looking at your senses, trying to find five things that you can see, four things that you can hear, three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, one thing that you can taste. And what it does, it helps to ground you into the moment. Um, and when you're focused on the moment, it's hard to feel sad because you're not thinking about what's happened it's hard to feel stressed because you're not thinking about the future and sometimes grounding yourself in the here and now can really help and prayer prayer as well just kind of pushing something up to god um if you find that you can't find the words or the things to say writing it down but just taking that moment just to step away step away from what's happening um i found has really helped me um and that's that's some of the things that i do when i'm really overwhelmed but often um although that does help in the moment sometimes some days are just really heavy aren't they um and when they are like that and you've got to come home and still be a mom something that i keep telling myself is good enough is enough like if I get home and they just have a sandwich and I put them to bed and I can't be bothered with bath time because I've had an awful day good enough is enough (laughs) I love that I mean I used to say I mean there's some days you need to say hey kids go get the cereal box that's what we're having (laughs) Mm -hmm. good enough is enough now if you're finding that every day this is happening that you can't cope every day then yes go and get more help but if this is happening because you've had a terrible day and it's been overwhelming do that and also communicate with the kids my eldest is only three she's turning four next month and I will talk to her and I will say mommy has had a really difficult day you're being too loud my head is hurting I'm going to be a really fun mummy tomorrow, but right now we need to sit and have quiet time. Come, let's have a cuddle. And like, I will talk to her about it and they can understand so much. Oh, um, yeah. Will they always listen? Uh, I don't know if they'll always <laughs> listen, but a lot of the time you can reason with them as they get older. And so, yeah, do what you got to do. If it's, if it's a bad day, get the kids into bed yeah. and then do something that makes you feel better. Have a bath, do some colouring, ring a friend. Yeah. Or just go to sleep. Sometimes, sometimes for me, I put, if I've got a bad day like that, I'll yeah. put the girls to bed and then I'll have a long shower and I will just go to bed. Even if it's eight o'clock, I will just get into bed and close my eyes and say, tomorrow will be better. <laughs> I'm just so being honest. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, I had this, um, 
same approach as well. When I've had like mm-hmm. a bad day, something about me is that when I'm happy, I cry. When I'm sad, I cry. When I'm angry, I mm-hmm. cry. When I'm, you know, that kind of thing. Me. So, <laughs> wow, you see, that's all I. <laughs> Yeah. And so on those bad days where you're like, okay, the kids been like that. It's a horrible day or something. Mm-hmm. And then you have a shower because you're kind of washing away all those yes. stuff. It's fine as well, but let just mm-hmm. wash it away and then just go to bed. Yeah. There's nothing as beautiful as just having a warm, hot shower. Mm-hmm. Get to bed, write in your gratitude journal. Yeah. Today is gonna be a better tomorrow's gonna be a better day. Mm-hmm. And just leave it there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love what you shared about the five, four, three, two, one. And I, yeah, I that's one of my favorite. Go over that again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what I usually do is I would do some of the breathing first of all, just to calm, um, just to calm things down. And then it's going through each of your senses. Um, and it kind of grounds you into the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's not just saying, okay, five things that I can see. There's a cupboard over there. There's a book there. It's actually looking at the things, describing them, taking in their character, you know, taking in like the different colors and the words, or whatever you're seeing, and then doing that for each of the senses. So it's five things that you can see. And then it's four things that you can hear. And sometimes like right now, if you're in a quiet room by yourself, sometimes it's the hum of the radiator. Sometimes you might hear the washing machine downstairs or the wind outside, but really taking trying to hear four things um three things that you can touch thinking about the texture of it the temperature of it everything two things that you can smell that may be the you know if you've been cooking you might have some like smell the onions that have been frying on your clothes um maybe it's the laundry detergent maybe it's a bit of perfume but whatever you can smell two things and then one thing that you can taste and that could be some toothpaste or the coffee that you just had or just one thing that you can taste and it kind of just grounds you in right now and if you look at the detail of it and think about the detail of it it's hard to distract from other things and it doesn't mean that your mind won't go back to those things but it just means in that moment you've taken a pause and sometimes a pause is all you need to then see things a bit more clearer that is so so true taking a pause especially at those stressful moments Mm -hmm. if only we could do that more often there'll be less build up of stress and less Mm -hmm. burnout that occurs especially for us as mothers i mean that that's just so beautiful thank you so much for sharing that dr amanda of course and for those who are probably listening and saying oh my goodness i'd love to connect with dr amanda i'd love to um share I'd love you to share, please, how people can reach you and connect with you, please. Oh, absolutely. It has been such a pleasure talking with you. Um, And yeah, to carry on the conversation, I am on Instagram. Um, quite simply, all my handles everywhere is life with Dr. Amanda. And I share things like lifestyle tips, like what we're talking about today. But I also give you a bit of insight into what my life is like as a doctor, mom of two, wife, and just how I'm living life. And so on Instagram, it's at life with Dr. Amanda. My DMs are always open. Drop me a message. I'll reply. I also have a YouTube channel, Life with Dr. Amanda, and I have a website, www.lifewithdramanda.com, and you can see all the different projects I'm up to on there. Oh, wow. That is so, so beautiful. It has been an absolute pleasure being able to um, share this moment with you, speak with you, and all mm-hmm. the wonderful gems you've just shared, because I'm just like, whoa, people are hearing <laughs> this, and they're like, <laughs> taking those notes, and if you're not taking the notes, you might need to come back, download the yeah. episode, share with other mothers, and please write those notes down, because these are things that are practical, and sometimes mm-hmm. you 
You might not need it. You might not think you need it right now. But when you've got these in, this information at your fingertips, when the time comes and you need it, yeah. it's there. It's right there for you. So yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I have to say, Dr. Amanda mentioned that she likes listening to podcasts and things like that. Yeah. A podcast is coming up really soon. Yeah. Maybe you want to share that with the group and maybe they will be able to tune in as well. Oh, yes. I forgot to say. And um, yeah, so I'll have a podcast as well. Um, it's called De-Stress with Dr. Amanda. It's on my YouTube channel, but it also streams on Spotify and iTunes. Season one came out earlier this year and it was just a pilot season. But now season two is coming out um, just the 2nd of December, no, 3rd of December. 2023 the first episode comes out and there are some amazing guests on there including Dr Denny who came and joined me a few weeks ago um, and we just talk about the impact that stress can have on our lives share people's own stress stories and give you practical tips for um, navigating through that so yeah check it out if you can oh beautiful really really <laughs> beautiful it has been an absolute pleasure I'm, I'm so thrilled that we're able to do this and be able to share with mothers because really our health our well-being is what mm-hmm. we've got and I think to a large extent especially as mothers that fulfillment that yes we're mothers but we're also our own selves and we need to yeah. take care of ourselves body mind soul spirit and just have the holistic well-being because mm-hmm. if not we're just going to wear ourselves out and not be the best version of ourselves for ourselves or even our children. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Donny. Fabulous. So thank you, everyone. It has been another episode of the Wellbeing for Mothers show. I'm so thrilled that you're able to join us today. Please don't forget to subscribe download and please leave a review looking forward to hearing more about the kind of topics you'd like to hear from us or very um, get important guests that you would like us to bring on the show so please go ahead reach out connect i'll put all the information in the show notes until next time i ask that you stay well mm-hmm.